This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. and i'm here on a friday with tyler griffith tyler how you doing good how you doing quincy doing good it feels good to finally beat the red sox a couple times i don't know if if you'd noticed that you know they beat us three times in cleveland earlier and they were all close games then we lost the first game which was a close game it's like they're just very evenly matched teams i guess which tells you something about the American League East since the Guardians are second in their division and the Red Sox are last in their division. But uh, yeah, the arrow is pointing up for the Guardians. <laughs> not so sure about the Red Sox. One of my favorite things that I, I think I've just recently noticed this year is when a team loses and they put their final score on Twitter, fans of the other team will then reply with a bunch of like dumb memes. Um, <laughs> Red Sox fans have been very salty over the past few days with the guardians memes that have been showing up which i think is hilarious i'm sure yeah they're probably like we've beat you so many times but hey they're like oh congrats on beating the most injured team or something like that and like every team deals with injuries (laughs) yeah exactly jose is not injured but obviously not right in bed Mm -hmm. And there's a whole bunch of Aaron Savala is uh yeah. We just uh, when they if they come at us with oh our team's so injured, all we can do is say we started Brian Shaw <laughs> and we won that game. And we won that game. So shut up. All right. Well, anyway, uh Red Sox aside, uh it's trade deadline time. I've been trying to feed that monster, talking to different reporters and making some projected trades trying to think about that i thought today we might talk about trades from recent guardians indians history uh and go back in our memory banks and and maybe websites to try to figure out like what were some of the best trades or worst trades that we can remember so you know i'll start us off in that uh, i the first trades that i remember as as a young man i realized that i am old uh so as as a as a child i should say uh, I remember when the, the Indians traded Marquis, uh, traded Kenny Lofton and Alan Embry for Marquis Grissom. Uh, that was not the beginning of the 97 season, offseason 96. And so it was sad to see Lofton go. I didn't quite understand it at the time. Grissom was definitely the kind of guy who just seemed like he would always go to a winner and was a pretty solid Lofton replacement. Obviously, he went to World Series. should have won the series that year. That was just kind of the first one I remembered. And it kind of went along. They also traded uh, Jeff Kent to the Giants that offseason for Matt Williams, who played third and hit 30 homers, got 100 RBI. So he had a pretty good season uh, at third base for the Indians that year. And they went to the World Series again. Those are kind of the first ones that I remember. What What are some of the first Indians trades that you remember? This will show our age gap. Yeah, I, I apologize because uh... – Mine are a lot more recent. No, that's all right, man. You're younger than me. A lot younger. Um, I we we've talked about it a couple of times. Um, before, um, at that trade deadline, um, in 2016, when 
we were gonna get um, Jonathan Lucroy and then Andrew Miller and honestly at the time like I felt Andrew Miller was almost like the secondary like trade that was happening like the Lucroy trade seemed like the the big one and then it fell through and then Andrew Miller almost willed us a world series so um I remember because that's that was right kind of at the the height of when I was still writing for let's go tribe um and I was doing videos and I remember waking up that morning and seeing the trade and I was like all right well I got to go on and do a video about this and um it was it was exciting because you I think kind of a little bit I'm assuming the opposite of the trade you were just talking about like you were getting players geared up to like go into the world series you weren't like maybe not I maybe I'm wrong but um when I hear you're trading away Kenny Lofton like to me that means like you're breaking down your team um but that's probably the first one that I remember because um I was like we we're actually going we're we're trying to win a world series like we are making moves and we are gonna really try and do this thing and I think that was the first time since I like really started following the team that that they were in that position like they had made the wild card in 2013 but that was really it and so that was the first year I was like oh they could actually they could actually like make some noise in the playoffs so there's just a lot of excitement for a number of reasons that season but that was that was one of them that I really remember mm. yeah um it's kind of interesting you talk about like what the idea was behind trading Lofton and, and trading Kent Kent was more of a prospect coming up at the time ended up being a really good baseball player who possibly could be a hall of famer um and Kenny Lofton of course hall of famer but in those situations it was kind of like they do now with the threading the needle thing okay Mm -hmm. we're gonna try to trade a prospect to get a guy we have a guy whose contract's expiring or you know so we'll try to trade him to get another guy and then the uh the Indians went out and got Lofton back in 98. So that, that was like the weirdest thing about it. He, they traded him because they're like, well, we're not sure we're going to be able to sign this guy in free agency. And then after the 97 season, they signed him in free agency. So I guess you kind of get the best of both worlds. If you're an mm-hmm. Indians fan back then, cause you're like, well, we traded them to get a guy who helped us get to a world series and almost win it. And then we got him back. Uh, but those trades are pretty rare. Um, I think, you know, probably the next one I can, well, I will say this, kind of interesting thinking about the trade deadline. This would be an example of, I'll use this as an example of something. I've been saying this week, like I saw somebody say this week, there's no way that the Guardians would trade Andres Jimenez for Juan Soto. It's wrong. They would. They would trade Andres Jimenez for Juan Soto. That the deal wouldn't be a ton of other guys besides that, but they would. Andres Jimenez is a great baseball player. He's not Ted Williams. Juan Soto could be Ted Williams. You know, if everything kind of breaks right for him. So, uh, and and to on a different level, like I've been saying, you know, the Guardians really need kind of a number two, number three starter. Somebody maybe could be number one if they work with them or whatever. I would trade Nolan Jones for that. And Nolan Jones looks great. And I've been super excited to have Nolan Jones up. And I really, I mean, he had a great game uh, this, this past game against Boston, but I would trade him for that because we have guys who can provide a reasonable facsimile of what Nolan Jones does and have that potential. George Valera, 
Will Benson, Will Brennan, these guys are around and, and capable players. So anyway, just to mention that to say, I remember after the 97 World Series, there were a lot of rumors that the Indians might trade Jarrett Wright and they could trade Jarrett Wright to get somebody like Pedro Martinez. And it seems pretty obvious at the time that if the Indians had included Jared Wright in a package, they would have got Pedro Martinez and Tyler, we would have won the world series in 99 or 2000 if we had traded Jared Wright for Pedro Martinez. But it seems like, well, Jared Wright, man, he had the greatest rookie season anybody's seen for a long time for us as a pitcher and almost won us a world series. We got to hold on to him. There's no such thing as a pitching prospect. Mm -hmm. He gets hurt and doesn't provide any value from then on. So I do think that, Fans should keep that in mind. Sometimes it's also about the trades you don't make. Yeah. Also, it, it it's Pedro Martinez. <laughs> like, well, well, you think that now. I mean, the fact that he was good, but I don't think anybody knew for per se. I mean, people could could guess, but mm -hmm. they didn't know that he was a hall that he was a hall of famer, maybe best pitcher that we've ever seen in baseball. But I mean, they knew he was great. But yeah, yeah, that's it, you know, it's one of those things you look back in hindsight. Same thing that people need to keep in mind when they think about Juan Soto. I'm not saying the Guardians are going to trade for Juan Soto, but you know, players like that only come along once in a blue moon. Uh, so the other thing I was going to say, obviously, people will talk about the Bartolo Colon trade, which I remember and I'm sure you were too young for. But the Bartolo Colon trade, uh, they traded him to get uh, to get a bunch of guys that they used for a long time. You got. Um, Cliff Lee, Grady Sizemore, and Brandon Phillips. Well, I should say Brandon Phillips they traded because for some reason he could not get along <laughs> with uh, Eric Wedge, which was dumb. But Cliff Lee and Grady Sizemore obviously had a huge impact on the team and were a part of them getting to that 2007 World Series. Yeah, and Sizemore is usually the number one answer for if you could give any player like a healthy career like who would it be like it's always size more is every, mm -hmm. who the, everyone says um it was mike Bartolo, trout before mike trout yeah which i mean mike trout's heading in that direction too yeah of um, yeah it, it went from he's got it's minor he'll be fine too he has a rare back disorder he's gonna deal with the rest <laughs> of his career uh, i know i saw him yesterday he said oh i think you know i can manage it just gotta stay on top of it I'm like oh man i sure hope so because i'd hate hate if that ends it but yeah. yeah um it's funny you mentioned bartolo cologne because i feel like especially in the age of the internet and reddit like bartolo cologne has become like a meme of himself and um like people forget that he used to be like as dominant as he was um because that's the perception i have of his bartolo is you know you know big sexy and you know the guy who randomly hit a home run the internet <laughs> lost their mind over um but clearly cleveland fans have a different perception because he was very good for them um i think the other trade that um it's funny i was thinking about and i was on twitter and it popped up as um three years ago today on the day we're recording was the day that trevor bauer threw a ball over <laughs> the wall in kansas city um and that trade i think was was kind of impactful because i if i remember i think that was in 2012 and that also got us brian shaw and he's a, a storied legend as as we've discussed but <laughs> um i was talking about it with my friend at the time who was far more knowledgeable than me about like other prospects like in you know top pitching prospects across the league 
And I was like, oh, yeah, we traded and we got, you know, Trevor Bauer. And he's like, you got Trevor Bauer? And obviously, like, my my feelings on Trevor Bauer have drastically changed since then. Like, so I, I want to make that clear that I'm not still a Trevor Bauer fan. But in the t- at the time um, when he was nothing more than, like, a huge, like, pitching prospect and everyone was excited for him, I was like, oh, we have a really, like, exciting pitcher on our team now. This is exciting. Um, and that kind of ushered in that era of, like, good Cleveland starting pitching that we've enjoyed for the past several years. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a shame and it's disgusting kind of how he's gone since then. But in the moment when that trade happened, it was it was exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things like with Cliff Lee, you know, he had that insane season in 2008 where he won the Cy Young and was just basically unhittable. And if he'd had that season one year earlier, mm-hmm. <laughs> they'd have won a World Series. Trevor Bauer, same thing. You know, it's he cuts his finger or whatever going up to the World Series. But if he just would have had a one year further development, they probably would have won a World Series. Also, if he wasn't an idiot, which we discovered how much more of an idiot he was. Yeah. Um, and props to Jason Kipnis for um, uh, being the one in the post game celebration to call Trevor Bauer out as an idiot during that <laughs> playoff run way to go. Uh, but yeah, then eventually we traded Trevor Bauer and got Framel Reyes, which was nice. Um, Reyes, of course, having a difficult season, but I'll, I'll make that trade any day, anytime, mm-hmm. uh, personality wise alone. But, uh, yeah, you know, he's been fun to have around and definitely had a, a good season, good season and a half for them at least. And, Seems like he's kind of turned things around a little bit. We'll see if he gets traded again. Of course, the big one recently is the Mike Clevenger deal, mm-hmm. which just gets crazier and crazier the more I think about it. Um, so they traded Mike Clevenger to the San Diego Padres, which let's deal with the Padres a little more because <laughs> man, they got Cal Quantrill, who's good. I don't care what people say. He's good. He'll be fine. He's going through a rough stretch now, but he's good. Uh, Josh Naylor, who is looking like an all-star. Austin Hedges, who is elite behind the plate. Terrible hitter, but that's all right. Gabriel Arias, who looks like a good shortstop. Joey Cantillo and Owen Miller. Like Every time you read that, it just is more and more mind-boggling. <laughs> Got that yeah. much for Mike Glovender. Uh, you left out Greg Allen was in that trade as well. Oh yeah, I forgot they got Greg. Uh, the the Padres got Greg Allen. Well, that was a big piece, but that's just an unbelievable value. And I I think that does remind me like you've heard. I don't know if you've heard people saying that they might trade Zach Plesac. I think that's the kind of deal they might trade Zach Plesac in. Not not for that amount of talent, but a, a deal where you're like they got all that for Zach Plesac. That's if, if, if Zach plays that gets traded the next couple of days, that's the kind of deal that you're going to hear about where they got, you know, a lot of value for him. Um, so I was thinking about that trade too. Um, the other one that is really significant recently is the Emmanuel Classe trade. Mm-hmm. Um, Kluber pitched, what was it like three innings for the Rangers or something like that? Mm-hmm. Like he, and then, and it's nice that, Kluber has recovered and he seems to be doing well. Like I'll always root for Corey Kluber because of what he meant to this team, but that trade in a vacuum, it it just looks completely terrible for the Rangers. Like every day, like the all-star game Classe went out and struck out three people on 10 pitches with a hundred mile an hour cutter. Like you gave that up for a few innings of 
you know, an injured Corey Kluber, like sell your team. You're an embarrassment. But yeah. um, that one, I think too, because now we have like a lockdown closer for the foreseeable future, which I mean, there's not, there's not many like class a in baseball like of his caliber i would say there's maybe like one or two other yeah, pitchers and so it. the fact that we've got someone like that and have him for a while is very very exciting it is yeah last night i was watching him close out the red Sox, and he he actually gave up a, a long fly ball which was pretty weird to see uh but <laughs> I, I did you see the last out of the game straw caught that so casually see mm-hmm. if you can, yeah, that was just unbelievable like he hits it so far back there and Chavez did over the shoulder catch look as easy as I've ever seen an over the shoulder catch look it was just so funny um but yeah when he throws that little 99 100 mile an hour cutter just off the inside corner that's impossible to hit I don't oh, think yeah. I, I think he could I literally think class I could say I'm going to throw the ball there and no one could hit it <laughs> because no. it's just in an impossible spot to hit. And he does it all the time. Yeah, that's true. That's a great one. Of course they got Mike Clevenger who they then turned into all these great players by trading Vinny Pistano. <laughs> Obviously mm-hmm. that, I mean, that's an incredible deal. They traded Casey Blake to the Dodgers for Carlos Santana. That's a pretty great deal. Uh, you know, kind of one of those, basically everybody made out pretty well they traded sabathia for michael brantley like we might all and matt laporta who didn't turn out but um we might all question you know hey could they have possibly signed cc sabathia and kept him and maybe and that that would have been nice but you know to trade cc sabathia and then get michael brantley and have those years of michael brantley that's a pretty good deal for a guy who's going to be a free agent yeah i Every time I see Michael Brantley do well for the Astros, it just makes me sad. But I mean, what are you gonna do? We we have we have a good outfield situation now, like better than I think anyone thought we were gonna have. So and Michael Brantley, I love him, but like he's he's you know on the tail end of his career. He's not part of the long term plans for Cleveland. Um oh, there was another trade that I can't remember, but um oh no, I was gonna say like the trend that we've kind of, you know, uncovered here is when <laughs> when Cleveland starts calling other teams and offering trade and starts floating pitchers to them, they should just hang up because clearly Cleveland knows something and then they trade yeah. their pitchers away and they, you know, make out like bandits and then the pitcher they trade away struggles or is injured. So, yeah, if I'm another team, I'm not taking any calls from Cleveland if they're trying to send me a pitcher. Yeah, that would be a good call on your part. And and I and another example, uh, well, this turned out well for both teams too. Cliff Lee traded to the Phillies. They got Carlos Carrasco back and mm-hmm. some other players, but that turned out pretty well for both of them. Cliff Lee was great for the Phillies. Kind of they had they had to sign him to a deal too, but um generally they do pretty well when they when they made trade over the past few years. It's kind of becoming like the Rays and the the mm-hmm. Guardians. Nobody wants to trade with them, I feel like except it seems like the Rays are even better at it. Like I don't want the guardians to trade with the race, Mm-mm. but, but everybody else I'm fine with it. So we'll see if anything happens. What, what's your sense, Tyler? You think anything happens over the next day? Um, I think for I better mean, or worse, I think the team has put them in a position where they don't need to feel pressured to do anything. Um, I, 
based on kind of what we've seen this year, I really think that they're focusing on the future. So I don't see them trading any players or I don't see them receiving any players that are meant to make like a direct impact on like a playoff run this year. It'd be great if that happens, but I don't think it's going to happen. So I think what we talked about um, a couple episodes ago when we went through some of those trades scenarios, um, I think that might be one where they trade away some of the kind of like surplus players. They have certain positions, maybe get a couple of prospects who are going to be here down the road. Um, I don't think they're going to do anything flashy. I, I really would be surprised if they did. And I think this is one of the first times in a while that I'm like, okay, with that most years, I'm like, I want them to be like part of the blockbuster trade. I want them to, you know, go get the star trade, you know, that's happening right now. And this year, like Juan Soto is that player. And I'm like, eh, I, it's fine. I don't, I don't need Juan Soto on my team. It'd be fun, but I, I don't think it's a great move. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they do something big, it'll be exciting, but yeah, kind of with you on that. I, I do think that, you know, people will be hearing this episode on the 29th. I, I suspect that we really won't see many trades until uh, Sunday night, Monday into Tuesday. Uh, the draft, I think, kind of pushed everything back. So most of the trades, I think, will be then. There was one for Andrew Benatende to the Yankees. So maybe there'll be a few till then, but I think most of them will be at the very last minute. So we'll have to wait till then to see. All right, Tyler, thank you. Cool. See you. Don't forget to check out sheetsgiggles.com for some great betting, uh, great gifts to give for your partner. If you're thinking of something special to kind of make their life a little more luxurious, some sustainably made sheets infused with eucalyptus to help you sleep and help save the environment, check out sheetsgiggles.com. And when you check out your items, make sure to use the promo code guardians to save 15%. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.